Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. And welcome to June in the Garden. Yeah, don't they sometimes call it Flaming June, Peter? I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the sun is coming out, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's sometimes a reference to rose, isn't it? Because roses really come into their fall this month. So perhaps that's where it gets its its colloquial term. But it's uh, it's lovely out there, isn't it? It has been for the last few weeks, certainly. Yeah, and the roses are definitely coming into flower. I was around a friend's house the other day and smelling them. And I just love the smell of some roses. They really are beautiful smell aren't they yeah fantastic and of course with the you know the queen's jubilee happening now and uh, it's uh, it's all about roses because obviously some new ones have been launched for that as well so we've got the uh, the, the, the queen's uh, platinum rose which yep. uh, has been selling really well at the garden center so that's that's good news and uh, i'm sure there's more on the way and another rose i read about in the news this week was the one that's been created for Dame Deborah James, and she's been out to see that at Chelsea, I, I see. Yeah, it was wonderful to see the, the, the pictures of that, uh, Peter, as well, and uh, obviously some of the donations from that rose, which I think it was he- uh, bred by Hartness Roses, who were responsible for so- some wonderful varieties. Okay. So that uh, will be something yeah. to look out for in the garden centre in, uh, in the months to come. Yeah, because it was a lo- I, I just like the colour of it. I wonder Lovely. if it's another fragrant one or. Uh, I think it has it got fragrance. Yeah, excellent. Yes. That's definitely one to look out for. Most then. definitely, yeah. So it's been Chelsea Flower Show, hasn't it, this week, Chris? It has, yeah. Wall to wall with the, the good old BBC's coverage with uh, good old Monty and, and Joe, and it's been it's been interesting, hasn't it? It's been an interesting mm. show. Um, I think the gardens. I've been very plant-focused again, which is so good to see. You know, plants yeah. are definitely back. Um, a bit controversial with some of the gardens, especially, the, I think, the rewilding garden. Yep. That's the one with the beaver sort of work in it. Indeed, it? yes. And I think some of the uh, some people are saying, was it, was it actually a garden or was it just a wonderful demonstration of what beavers potentially could do to to our uh, our wildlife areas? But I think you no, know, the message was very strong across a lot of the gardens. But that obviously bees are very much back into our gardens. And uh, yeah, Joe Swift, of course, created a, an amazing garden for the RHS. He didn't get judged for it, uh, as he kept saying on the TV, which was quite right. amusing. But it was a lovely garden. Mm, and that's the one that um, Ainsley Harriet's sister went for a swim a little in the bit garden, of, didn't she? She fell in the was it a rill or a yes, a little, a little bit of the water feature there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it and it just sort of goes to prove that I think that was the only garden at Chelsea which uh, obviously visitors were allowed to walk around. And of course, on press day, you know, obviously you're allowed to go on many of the gardens, not all of them, but uh, and it does beg the question, doesn't it? Are gardens sort of safe? Yeah, are we um, going to have to have fences around the ponds next year? Don't they? <laughs> nice to see that she's well and um, indeed didn't hurt herself but yeah yeah, you do question sort of whether Mm. it is safe for celebrities or whether they should be like the public and kept out of all the gardens most definitely and it wasn't great to see the queen in her her golf buggy around going down there and uh, enjoying the the show too so it was a massively yeah yeah, because i mean she's cancelled a lot of appointments recently and obviously the other roles have stepped in in her place but obviously Chelsea is clearly one of her favourite things and such a joy to see her mm. there again and out and about in the, in the public again. Yes, and I think uh, the, the BBC have been showing some vintage clips when I, I saw her one night and uh, you know, going back to 1952. So she's been basically, you know, for the last 50 years, she's been going to the, to the actual show uh, on and off. She's not missed it that often. Um, and I think obviously that's a joy for the, for the exhibitors there. 
And I see your friends at Malvern Buildings have done it again. Yes. Another gold medal for houseplants and uh, shed, but no disco this time, unfortunately. No, but it was the, the pictures of it were really good. There was lava lamps, Peter. Mm. I yes. mean, they Straight back to the 60s, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, I remember them in the 70s, but <laughs> I don't remember the 60s. But, yeah, it was good to see. And, of course, uh, yeah, they picked up a gold medal and also the best uh, houseplant studio as well. So well done to them. And uh, some really good, innovative and clever designs with all of the the, uh, the houseplant displays. In fact, one of them was showing actually fungi, mm. decorative fungi growing in there, as well as the, you know, the usual houseplant uh, parade, which we used to have, and the houseplants rotating round on turntables and all that sort yeah. of... But great fun. And I think uh, it's become really now a, a permanent fixture of Chelsea, and so may it continue. And I love the plant workshops. The grass is always greener where you water it. Oh, that's a brilliant <laughs> saying, isn't it? It's very true as well. Yeah. But yeah, their um, display of the table and the office um, mm. workspace with plants growing out of every corner has been quite inspirational. That's good, isn't it? Especially after No Mo May. Too. Yes. <laughs> and it. also, it's interesting, isn't it, uh, Peter, with the, um, it was the, officially the artificial grass turf was banned from Chelsea this year. Oh, they've banned artificial turf, turf, have they? Okay, yeah. fair enough. So um, that's, yeah, I think it was a, there was a bit of a dispute last year about it, and I think obviously because the RHS, of course, are pushing for sustainability, and of yep. course plastics don't sit quite comfortably, they've now decided that uh, plastics are banned in the form of turf. So um, yeah. You can have a gnome, but you can't have plastic grass. It seems so. That's good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and Chelsea this year, there seems to be quite a few... <laughs> How can I say extra gardens? There's a lot of sort of different size gardens, are there? Is that's, that right? That's right, Peter. There's, I think there's 13 big show gardens. So these are the ones with the big budgets, you yep. know, and they've got the pulling power of the television. Hence, that's why they tended to appear on the TV for, for most of the Chelsea week. Um, ones to note out there was obviously that rewilding garden we mentioned about the beavers. Yep. But I have to say, yeah, to Joe Swift's bees, bee garden was really good. I mean, it was okay. very, very yep. clever, cleverly done. And uh, but my favourite was Sarah Ebley. She had created this this garden building for the future. Okay, and what did that have in it? Well, it had wonderful planting, um, but it had an amazing water feature—a massive drop of water. I think there's sort of three channels, really high up, dropping down to create that amazing sound. Which yep. you and it was quite the sound was quite baffled, so it okay. didn't it didn't cause problems for visitors, but it created a really serene sort of atmosphere too. But in, in these other categories, though, there were smaller ones for, for sort of balcony and for sanctuary gardens. So okay. These give the, the wonderful exhibitors and designers an, ex- an opportunity to come to Chelsea for the very first time yep. and obviously compete on a, a fairly level playing field. And there were some lovely ones there as well. Um, but as I say, I, I think you know overall, I thought that you know what I saw on the TV was was really good, and it really just shows you know the fact that people are recycling lots of products now. Uh, yep. They were included in the designs, and obviously there was lots of water there, which is great. And uh, yeah, I think a general overall you know use of good plants, good design, and obviously be making people happy and i think that's what yeah. a lot of the plants and planting seem to do this time Brilliant. around yeah because picking up on the recycling the peter seabrook garden that i understand that most of the plants in that were actually recycled and ones that previously been at Chelsea and oh, that's a brilliant tribute to him. And that's right, they, they took up a few plants literally from the garden, didn't they, and brought them along. I think there was a, I saw a, um, a wonderful honeysuckle and of course it was really fitting that uh, they launched the Peter Seabrook Sweet Pea 
Yep. Which was officially launched too, which was a lovely tribute. He um, he often said when you listen to his wonderful podcast that well, the first thing he ever sowed as a young child was sweet peas. So they they were very you know strong in his heart, and uh, it was good that Chelsea was able to uh, remember him in a very special way. And what else have we got coming up, Chris? I think June's a busy month, isn't it? And then, of course, uh, I've got my next masterclass, Peter, on the, the 8th of June, Wednesday the 8th at 4, yep. and we're going to be looking at roses. Okay. It's like, I uh, say, an idiot's guide to growing them, and I mean that in the nicest possible way, because people... I come along then. <laughs> people just ask, the, it's, all the, it's always the basic questions, but the thing with roses, you can learn so much from from each other's experiences. Certainly that's yep. how I've, I've learned them over the years. So it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to chatting about them. And, of course, we'll have plenty of plant material to, to enjoy as well at the Excellent. Garden Centre. Yeah, because, like you said, they're all in flower. Mm. We're just starting to come into flower now, and um, they do look beautiful, don't that's, they? Yes, fragrance, yeah. and, of course, they're so versatile as well, aren't they, from you know yeah. climbing to rambling to, to creating that wonderful hedge in your garden too. So... Yeah, go to plants. And then it's um, BBC Gardeners World Live. Yeah, that's the next biggie after Chelsea, isn't it? So that's between the 16th and 19th at the NEC. And uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I always find it's a very relaxed uh, show uh, compared to Chelsea, which is obviously fairly formal, isn't it? And you get an opportunity to see some really good gardens. And I think people... uh, Tend to yeah tend to enjoy it. It's more of a buying experience that so you can you can stock up your plants there, which obviously with Chelsea you can't normally. Yeah, come Chelsea's up. sort of show gardens, mm. and this is what we can do. Whereas yeah. BBC is more of a shopping experience, it I'd is. say, and yeah. having a look at all these wonderful different uh, gardens. But it does mm. give you a good opportunity to compare things and see what is out there, doesn't it? Most definitely, and of course, it's a, an opportunity to do a bit of celebrity gardening spotting as well, because you've got all the celebs there doing their various uh, turns, as it were, in the in the theatres as well. So there's lots of things going on. So if you want to see your your favourites, you know your Alan Titchmarshes, your Monty Dons, uh, yeah, they're all going to be there uh, over over the over the week. And then Sunday the nineteenth mm. is Father's Day, so don't forget that. Indeed, yes. So mm. yeah, put, maybe sort of put something on the shopping list, perhaps gardening orientated, perhaps. Yeah, buy Dad a new pair of secateurs, or maybe a bottle of beer, or <laughs> <laughs> or both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then yeah, then we've got uh, another show, and that's obviously going over to Harrogate again. That's the twenty third to the twenty sixth of June. That's the RHS Garden, a Harlow Car Garden Show. So. That's one we were chatting to, obviously, good old Martin Fish yeah. last month. Um, well, this is the one which he's actively involved in as well. So Is, he's, is he judging at this one as well? He's judging. I think he's judging and he's doing, I think they're doing their little uh, uh, gardening uh, question times as well. So okay, because that's it? his local show, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. And a lovely, lovely part of the world as well. Mm, I do like Harrogate. It's very... Oh, very pretty, and the surrounding countryside is beautiful. Glorious, yeah, isn't yeah, it? fantastic spa town, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the month, our local mm. sort of Blenheim Palace flower show. Yes, yeah, it's a biggie as well. Uh, yeah, twenty fourth to the twenty sixth of June at uh, Blenheim over in Woodstock. Um, yeah, I mean, I went there a few years ago. It's I haven't been recently actually, so mm. well, maybe I need to to re uh, refine. Well, it's been. I, I'm gonna say, is it ten years or so now? Mm. It must have been must going. Be. Yes. It yeah. Certainly seems to be. Quite quite a yeah a big show now and mm. obviously it's gained in um 
stature, as it mm. were, as it were. But yeah, I think that's more again of a retail experience I rather think so. than a yeah, yeah. sort of proper flower it's, show. Or a yeah, it's it's very arts and crafts, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, which is which is fine. Yeah, so pl- plenty to be going on within the month of June. That's for I sure. wonder if they'll have some of their honey for sale because obviously that's the place where they found I've, those wild honeybees, didn't oh, they? In of the course. woods there, and yes. you know, whether they managed to get any honey from them or not, be mm. interesting to know. Indeed, yeah, it should be a, a nice action-packed month. That's it. Excellent. And what what news stories have we got at the moment? Have we got what 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 are the best selling things in mm. flower seeds? Well, that's it. We'll well, I'll dig it top five. Yes. So we last month we looked at uh, veggies, uh, vegetables. This month we look at uh, best selling packet flower seeds. Yep. Um, and yes, to do reverse order again as we we normally do. Um, yep. So what starts at five? Uh, sweet peas, galaxy mixed, which is. The, the one to go for, isn't it? It's everybody seems to buy Galaxy Mix when they're growing sweet peas. Is it a nice um, smelling one? It is, good colour range, yeah. Nice blend as well. So you've got you know, the fairly pale pastel shades as well as the, the slightly darker ones, but all very uh, very flowerful in their uh, their perfume, I would say. Excellent. And the next one in at number four, that, that surprised me quite a lot. Yes. I wasn't expecting it. And, and yes, another sweet pea, and that's... Uh, Obviously, Old Spice. Now, for some people of a certain age, Old Spice... <laughs> it's a lovely perfume. Granddad <laughs> used to wear it, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yes. I do well, remember. shave, isn't it? It is, that's right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't grown that one, Peter, so I can't vouch for the, for <laughs> Whether the perfume. I'm sure it smells uh, somewhat different. To, <laughs> to the flowery version, maybe, I don't know. Well, uh, and then in third place, we've got a sunflower right. um, called Titan. Yep. Uh, and as the name suggests, that's a big growing variety, big stature, big sort of structural sort of structural plant as well, but a big flower bloom okay. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in at number two, would you believe it? Another sweet pea, uh, yeah. incense mix, which again uh, I, I've never grown, but as I say, it's it's looking at the seed packet. I was looking at it the other day. It does look really nice. So a good a good color range. And obviously, uh, yeah, the the mix and the you know the blend is is good for, for people who want to grow them as cut flowers. Okay, and then the star of the show, another sunflower, and of course, yeah, most definitely um, is the single giant sunflower. Okay, and that's the one. Certainly, when we we uh, we, we talk to schools and we give first. Uh, uh, seeds out too if Mr Fogels are very kind to, to give us some seeds it's always that variety of sunflower it's mm. the most reliable yeah it does well doesn't it, it? Did, yeah. and the birds love it as well excellent and has anything else caught your eye in the news this week Chris? yes something I saw in, in garden news um, plants can now grow in moon soil right okay so some work done by the University of Florida has found that just a small amount of moon soil um, yeah. pea free moon soil I would hope so, Excellent. yes, yeah. Good. With a few added nutrients will allow seeds to germinate. And this, is okay. the, this is the first time it's actually ever been done. Yeah. Um, so it might sound a little bit strange because we know that most things will grow in things like perlite and vermiculite with yeah. a bit of water. However, the, obviously the, the, the actual composition of the, the moon soil is obviously good. And what they've done is they synthesised that as well. So they've, they've actually copied the, the, the elements to, to do that. And I think okay. this is all for planned moon exploration or maybe one day when we do eventually live on the moon. When the, maybe. Yeah. When, when, the, <laughs> when the UK becomes too crowded, I don't know, yeah. uh, we have to do that. But no, I mean, it's interesting. Inside. The fact that it's the first time was it caught my eye. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Very interesting. That's yes. great. Mm. 
And trees and woodlands are hitting the headlines again, aren't they? They are, yes. I think a combination of what's obviously happening with the um, the, the Queen's Green Canopy campaign, which is yep. obviously getting momentum, especially now. And it was interesting to read, Peter, that uh, over a million trees have already been planted this wow. spring, which That's is amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, excellent. And uh, and I think we are certainly at the garden centre here. And I'm sure uh, you know other garden centres in the same vote. We we are getting approached to to supply trees in various sizes yep. for these campaigns later on in the year. So I suspect there's going to be a lot of momentum, you know, to come. And Prince Charles has been walking in some woods again. He has, yes, quite a high profile visit. So he's basically they've basically created a, a new list of ancient trees and woodlands under this uh, this umbrella of the Queen's uh, Green Canopy, and it's 140 ancient trees and woodlands are listed. Right. So uh, if you go to their, um, the, the, the website, which we'll put on the show notes, yep. uh, you can find you know some really good places, perhaps local to you, which are on that list. Yeah, because from around here we've got Burnham Beaches, mm. which is a bit further yeah. south, but it's yeah. not a million miles away. Have no. you been there? I haven't actually. It's not. It's not been on my list. I, I've been to quite a few beach uh, forests, but not yep. that one actually. So I yeah, need to go so down there. Maybe but we can go there and hunt some beach nuts. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> follow the squirrels, perhaps. Yeah. Yes, um, but yes, there's, I mean, there's some obviously some wonderful historic woodlands to visit as well. Quite a lot of those tend to be up in uh, and obviously over in Wales and in, in the Highlands, as well as obviously more local to us here. So yep. yeah. So plenty to think. So it, it's really good. I mean, I think a lot of these these tree areas sometimes you know promotions like this, publicity like this, can make us all aware of those wonderful uh, forests around us, and it's good to explore them, especially as we're coming up to the summer. It is, and I, I think that's the benefit of woods in the summer, isn't it? It's mm. often quite cool Very if sure. it's a really hot and sunny day. Yes, the shade of a nice big beech tree or a walk mm. in the forest is always a. Nice thing to do, I think. Most definitely, yes. And Wolf Garden are now over a hundred years old, or a hundred years indeed. Old. Yeah, and it's such a when you look at it on the on the shelves, it's such a, a modern product, isn't it? And such, uh, yeah. Is it? And do you think it's always been that clip-in system, or is that a relatively new invention when I, plastic I would, got invented? I suspect so. It's probably an innovation, isn't it, from from, from their brands? But it's it's always a strong, a great virtue about Wolf products, and I've got one or two at home. Yep. Is I could always find them in the garden, that bright colour. They're nice and easy to see. <laughs> yep. I, I find them really decent quality. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a trowel of theirs and a mm-hmm. long handle and a little fork. and It's mm-hmm. great being able to swap between yes. the different tools and also the fact that they are, I, I would say, very, very reliable and decent quality. Yeah, They're not the, cheap, but no, they no. are. It's, it's, it's once, you get in, once you buy into the system, it's like anything, isn't it? You, you're there. Yeah. But certainly for space saving, if you're really conscious about space saving in your, your garden shed, you don't need lots of handles and things. You can, yeah. you know, usually two handles is enough you need. Um, and the great virtue, I use their, one of their, their loppers, and I, I just okay. find it's, it's, it's robust. It feels, feels strong and reliable. And I think when you're buying and you're spending a reasonable amount of money, that's what you, you should really put on your shopping list. Yeah, because you've got, I know, I'm going to say an extending one mm-hmm. that I've, I've seen wandering around the garden centre here, but use, we're using it here on the site. And it's enormous. I mean, yeah. it, it seems to go up and up and up. Yes. It is a, if yeah. you've got a tall tree that you need lopping i'd mm-hmm. certainly recommend one of those yeah i think the, the sort of the, t- the telescopic functions of a lot of garden tools are, are really good now and the mechanisms are there are a lot more reliable than the perhaps they used to be but, yeah uh, yeah so certainly yeah well done wolf for, for hitting that uh, magical hundred years it's brilliant isn't it 
and possibly one for your slightly older children if they want to take part in a scientific study. Mm. I, I see Bug Life have got a little challenge going on, haven't they? They have, yes. So basically they wanted to do a, continue to do a survey to encourage us all to monitor the, the UK's insect populations. Obviously yep. they are depleting at a really scary rate, aren't they? I mean, one of the stats was suggesting that uh, 34% decline in the last decade. Of bugs, yeah. yeah, but that's bugs getting splattered on your number plate. Yes, it? so yeah, not actual losses, but um, yeah, maybe it's because we're all driving slower now because there's Possibly. so many cars on the road. And yeah, maybe, or maybe the bugs are really dying. I think that's yeah. the reality. This is, it? and that's that's really quite worrying, isn't it, Peter? Yeah, that's the case. But uh, there is some good news that as individuals we can sort of take part in this this year's survey. So between yep. the first of June and the the thirty first of August, you can download the Bugs Matter app. And we'll, mm. put, we'll put the link on the show. Yeah, that's there. from buglife.org.uk, yeah. isn't it? Indeed, yeah. So, uh, yeah, why not? Let's do our bit just to, to get those uh, that information across and let's hope to try and save a few more bugs along the way. But as gardeners, of course, we're doing so much anyway in our gardens. We're, we're planting yeah. the right plants with our bee-friendly and uh, pollinators. So uh, let's continue to, to do the good work. Yep. And what jobs should we be thinking about doing this month then, Chris? Well, I don't know about your garden, but mine, the weeds are making their presence very much yep, known. Um, definitely. The allotment's um, got a good crop of weeds coming up on it. Although, I must say, I've been very good this year and I've tried to sort of get the hoe and the spade and you know, sort of turn the top of the soil over just to mm. stop the weeds growing quite so quickly good and, that, and that's the thing your hose really should be your best friend at this time of the year you keep it going between the rows more difficult between borders though i, I, I do struggle because you could be really quite careful especially as things are starting to appear now some mm. late things like some of the uh, some of the lilies are starting to appear so Thank but you. but a nice sharp hoe keep it moving and uh, make sure you you, you know, you you work around your plants as best you can, but obviously removing the the plants at, at uh, soil level and then letting them naturally die yep. is a good way of then obviously improving your soil. You don't need to not necessarily go along and clear that away because in a few hours, with the sun at its power at this time of the year... Yeah, it they, dries them out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. gives the worms some food. It does indeed, yes. Um, what's your preference, Chris? Is it a draw hoe or a... a Dutch... Dutch hoe. A Dutch hoe. Oh. You prefer a Dutch hoe. I you? do. It's only because I think it's just, I think I just like the fact that I can see the blade, um, sort of, and I can work sort of against the weeds. So if I can see the weeds, whereas working, yeah, it's just a bit of a preference there for, for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. I've got both, mm. and I think the Dutch hoe is definitely better for, like, yeah, when you're pushing into bits of grass and stuff mm. like that, chopping them back. Yes. Um, but the draw hoe, if you've got a lovely. Mm cared for allotment that i don't have uh, <laughs> but if you've got some nice open soil with yep. just the odd weed in it i think the draw hoe is a my preference but yeah it's different tools for different jobs indeed yeah but so whatever you've got yeah make sure you keep it nice and sharp so have the sharpening block handy there to keep it in pristine condition and obviously a bit of oil to keep it uh, stop it rusting indeed yes That's it. And obviously the other thing we learnt about sharpening blades was some lawn mowing. Of course. With our Swords of Grass podcast a while back. That was a very interesting one. And um, obviously some of us have been doing No Mow May. And obviously the grass is now eight, ten inches long. At least. Yeah. (laughs) The best way is to obviously cut it down in 
sort of stages, mm. isn't it? So Indeed. maybe get the strimmer on it first and cut the first six inches down. And, and then maybe a week or so it, after, go along and uh, take it back down to perhaps the highest setting on your lawnmower and then reduce it down. Yes, it needs to be a gradual process, doesn't it? Yes. Yep, I think that's what we've learnt and that should hopefully stop it looking too yellow because if you go straight down to maybe an inch and a half long, it's going to... It's not going to look very really nice. Hurt yeah, the lawn, yeah. hurt lawn a bit. And I suppose the other thing is, Peter, you know, the month of May has been incredibly dry. We've had some welcome rain. Yep. However, you know, the, the, the drought sort of did continue, didn't it? So, uh, anecdotally, that might have held the grass back anyway. So, it might not have put on as much growth as perhaps it would have done if In we'd some have had. Years. Yeah, so, yes. That's uh, hopefully get, get the. Yeah, so do a little bit of trimming and uh, get your, your lawn back to uh, some sort of reality again. And it's vegetable planting time, isn't it, still? Mm. We've struggled a bit this year with the supplies of vegetables, haven't we? I think so, yeah. It's been a a tricky one, I think, because obviously we tend to use use a couple of UK growers. We've had to sort of uh, look at what we can get hold of from week to week. And, of course, the demand, again, as we've seen throughout this this spring, has been high on a lot of vegetable plants. So, yeah, yeah, and maybe a good reason, I suppose, Peter, to to grow your own varieties from seed, especially if it's varieties you really want to to grow. You know, I'm thinking here of things like tomatoes and and maybe peppers and uh, and courgettes and, and things like pumpkins, which are, you know, you can get some good name varieties out there, but to actually get the seedlings of them can be more tricky. Yeah, because I think that's the benefit of seed, although possibly a bit late for this year, maybe mm. for next year if you're thinking about it, is that the varieties you can oh. get obviously far exceed what you're going to find in the vegetable tunnels and the, the sort of seasonal tunnels that in garden centres. So Yes, and it's, it's good to see. I mean, we've got our, and I noticed we've got our, our pumpkins and uh, courgettes all planted now, and that's the thing. It's that anything which is really quite tender, so your sweet corn, uh, obviously if you're putting peppers and aubergines outside. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, really, once we get into the early part of June, we're pretty safe with frost now. I mean, May wasn't too bad as it turned out, but, you know, as we know... Yeah, my runner beans are doing well. They're about three inches tall now, so Good. they're starting it up because I've grown all my runner beans this year in fibre pots. Okay. Thought mm-hmm. I'd give them a go. And to be fair, they seem to be doing well. Now, the bottoms of them don't have any holes and the roots are sort of starting to grow through. Is it best to sort of split a little bit of the base up so the roots get a nice easy exit out and then go down into the soil, or does it not make any difference? I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference. All I would say is, Peter, when you're, putting, when you're planting your fibre pots, just make sure they are really well moistened, because once they go into the soil, if they go in dry, then, of course, the roots are going to really then struggle to push through into the soil. So really rehydrating and making sure they're, they're nicely moistened just before you plant, and then give the plants a really good water so the surrounding soil's nice and damp. Yep. you're halfway there but uh, the ones I've, I actually used those this year strangely for my geraniums my, my pelagoniums uh, okay. seed raised ones which I, I got here from the kinder plant range and I put a little bit of um, compost in the bottom of my tr- seed tray so they were right, set in so there so they start growing through yes. that's a really good yeah. idea and so when I came to plant them out and put them into pots which I was doing last week um, they had a root system all the way through so in a way they were already connected if you like to the soil yeah, yeah to the outside to the that's a really good idea um, I might try that next year yeah, yeah it seems to work for me I, li- I like them as an idea though mm. it's, a, it's a no plastic but also I mean, the other thing I grow them in is old toilet roll tubes perfect yes I put a little bit of kitchen roll in the bottom and a wooden a wooden skewer through to hold the 
toilet paper in, in place and mm-hmm. fill it up with compost and stick the beans in the top and off you go. The, the children lo- like it as well. It's a, a nice way to recycle them. Yeah, and I'll say that with a, a toilet roll, um, they, they're, they're going to break down really, really quickly, aren't they? Because of the, the type of uh, you know cardboard used there. So, But again... And if you're planting anything, just make sure they're given that extra water just to make sure that that process, you know, eases the plant's roots into the soil nice and easily. Nice and easy. That's a good idea. And I planted my hanging baskets this week as well, Chris. I, Fantastic. Uh, I managed to get a couple of the pop-in ones from <laughs> kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And now, again, you probably help, uh, tell me I've done this wrong. I took them out of the plastic tub that they came in. I, I looked at the base and I thought, well, they've got quite a lot of roots sort of in the pot and it obviously masses of holes in the base, so they should be able to go come out. Mm-hmm. But I thought well, it would probably be easier just to pull the plastic pot out. But then I read the instructions and found out no, no. instructions say just chuck them straight onto a bed of compost and off you go. They do because the bottom of the container is like a grill, isn't it? So you've got mm. lots of lots of sort of slits and the roots go through there. I mean, you can take them out um, and if you do that, then you've got a really good container then to put your bulbs in in the autumn. That's what I did with okay. mine um, and they're, they're really good for things like your crocus and all those bulbs which perhaps the little little rodents tend to go for yeah. uh, and squirrels. But no, you, you could do that. Um, yeah, if you put them into a container and then you've got a bit of space around the edge of your, your container then obviously you can pop in a few things like like lobelia or other things to to fill the gap but uh, generally no you you can leave them as as be but again make sure the popping is really well watered because of that that reason as well so the whole thing nicely balances uh, moisture wise yeah but uh, they've been an incredible sellout i mean we have now we've got a nice big batch in for the beginning of june so uh, if you haven't got your poppins then now's the time to to, to drop in and, and pick Try one up because yeah. they've got they're now doing them in sort of color themes mm. as well which i thought's a brilliant idea not only are they instant? You can decide what colour you want in yeah. a month's time. Also. And they've got some great names. I love. I mean, they do one uh, Bollywood, which is yep. obviously very, very yellow, very purple, very blingy. And they've actually one called bling and sophistication. Sophistication looks nice. Yeah, I think I've yeah. got a maritime, maritime. one with mm. blues and yellows, and really yeah. nice. Yeah, no, they've really thought it through. And, and if you bear in mind that you may pay, you think I'm paying a little bit more for your for your container, but actually, all the varieties they use are all vegetatively raised these are plants grown from cuttings okay. so you're getting more more reliable varieties and that makes the you know the display as you'll find out far far better far superior excellent and i saw we had some canners in the other day mm, you could always tell we're getting to the to the later season the bedding season but remember of course a lot of people you know have been going on holiday the latter end of may into early june they come home, they've got containers to fill, so you know it's a timely reminder that garden centres tend to gear up for, for the late season yep. and often carry bedding. Um, the bedding packs become larger, um, I should I say, that you get more compost around the, around each of the base of the roots of plants, so they become, I think, like super sixes, so you get a much larger plant than you would buy perhaps traditionally in the early part of the spring. Yep. So often that plant has got flowers on it already, it'll have a bit of structure, so you could put those into your pots and your containers and you can be well away. And I think, uh, you know, this, this summer as well, as we're, we're you know, celebrating a very special um, platinum year, you know, make, make your garden nice and colourful and uh, obviously help those bees as well. Yes, definitely. Yes. 
and pruning we need to be pruning anything cherries i suppose you could be pruning at the moment if you Perfect needed time to. yes yeah june onwards is the great time so if you've got to do any major stru- structural pruning with your flowering cherries and your cropping cherries yep. now's the time you can go in with your loppers and your secateurs to get that right sort of shape now the sap's flowing well in the in the branches um, and obviously anything spring flowering. So if you've, you know, my, I must admit I walked past my Forsythia. Well, no, should I say I walked into my Forsythia the other day because it had grown, <laughs> so, <laughs> grown so wide. Um, so that's going to be given a good cut back in the next couple of weeks. The, the reason for doing it now, Peter, is that you want to encourage lots of new growth, which will carry your flowers for next year. So anything right. you do this month and maybe into early July, you've got the, the salvation that you'll have for the plant then producing the, the woody material, which will hopefully carry those nice strong shoots. So things like Wygela, uh, Spireas, all the, you know, the popular shrubs, which we, you know, we enjoy in our gardens. Some of them are sort of showing our age a bit, sort of 1960s, 70s, 80s, but a lot of them are back now. I mean, Spireas have had a major comeback over the last two or three years. And yep. also, uh, as we've just, you know, finished Chelsea, the, the Chelsea chop time is here as well so yep. if you've got your your perennials your sedums and your rebecchias and those plants which get really tall and and get very floppy they can be sort of taken back quite well now and that's you've got a, probably a week or two to be getting on with that job as well so yeah and remember the, the adage you know when you prune give them a feed yeah and what are we saying at the moment then chris Right, so I suppose in the vegetable garden, it's all about, isn't it, it's continuity. I don't know, on your allotment, when you start to get a bit of space, it's a matter of keeping something there, isn't it? So, yep. uh, yeah, I suppose usual sort of lettuce, spring onions, your radish. We we had a, a really good crop of uh, rainbow radish the other night. Oh, right. And uh, I've never seen, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a massive radish lover, I have to say. However, seeing them in sort of yellow and white. I was going to say, they've got a, the insides of the radish, rather than being white, is a sort of yeah, orangey yeah, yellow. Isn't that's it? it, yeah. And they're really colourful. They're really, really good. So I'll be sowing some more of those. Uh, okay. and, and then, yeah, for continuity. And again, it's still not too late to get some French beans. And if you want to continue the successional sowings later in, into, into the summer and yep. then in the uh, obviously in the flower garden it's the things which are going to flower next spring so your your primroses primulas your canterbury bells your wallflowers your sweet william um, all those sort of plants can be sown at a time of the year when we're quite busy doing other things they're often things which are not sown which is such a shame really because they're mm. usually you know quite quite nice things to have in, in quantity it come you know next march and april yeah, that's right. And tomatoes, just mm. thinking about them, they now I, I always get this wrong. Your, your flowers, um, you've got to sort of prune them back. You can't have tomatoes just going wild and everything being left on it, can you? No, with, with tomatoes, you you get the sort of what they call the the cordon variety. So those ones you grow up a cane, yep. and then those ones you take the side shoots out. So you you basically channel all the energy into the the main growing point. And then a lot of people grow the bush varieties, which basically you let them do their own thing. Um, a, lot okay. of, a lot of those varieties you grow in sort of hanging baskets and pots. So if you're growing like a Shirley or um, Alicante Moneymaker, all the, the traditional varieties, those are the ones you have to keep de-side shooting you need to be taking those side shoots off regularly and then obviously if you've got the the bush types then i say you just let them do their thing and you know as long as you're giving them lots of tomato feed now every 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 watering or every um every couple of weeks at, at full strength then you're yep. you're fine and just thinking about the cordon types of mm-hmm. um tomatoes you you want to get some what's about six foot would you say yeah I mean, I that's think... all to do with trusses and 
That's it. Taking yeah. out the top, is it? Taking out the, yeah, taking out the leader. So, yeah, the height, you'd take them out. If you're growing them in the greenhouse, Peter, I think once they sort of hit the glass, then you'd yep. say, I don't want the plants to get any taller. So at that point, you normally allow the plant to then produce um, a, a leaf after the, the, the highest truss, and then you'd basically cut out the growing tip. So you chop okay. out the top. Yep. Um, so that height at the top of your greenhouse, you're probably either going to be sort of four, five, maybe six trusses. It just depends okay. on the leaves. Um, if you're growing them outside, you probably do that at probably four trusses, I would say, because you've got to think, are those trusses all going to develop a crop by the end of summer? Yeah. Um, you've got to be realistic. I mean, four trusses in outdoors would be, would, be, would be a good result. You know, six in a greenhouse would be equally a good result. So um, I think you've got to make that decision. But, yeah, so you just basically take the growing tip out. What the plant will do, though, the tomato will still want to carry on growing, yep. and it'll send out a new side shoot probably just below that last truss of fruit. Right. And that'll become effectively the new, the leader. new leader. So you need to chop that out as well. So you'll have a permanent little war going on because it will still want to grow. It has what they call apical dominance. It wants to hit the hit Keep highs. Keep going upwards. Yeah, so you must stop it regularly. Excellent. Okay, okay. thanks for that, Chris. Okay, Peter, on, on the subject of ponds, obviously yeah. Chelsea, we've we sort of seen so many water features. But if you're creating a, a wildlife pond, is there any things we need to be thinking about at this time of the year? Well, I suppose, yeah, I mean, plants are always the key, I think, to wildlife ponds, making sure that you've got enough plant cover. Now, I mean, generally, rule of thumb is cover about two-thirds of the surface with some sort of plant, and that'll help keep the water clear. Now, wildlife ponds obviously tend not to be that enormous, so if you're doing something maybe a metre by a metre and a half, sort of nice little pond um try and get it to maybe a couple of foot deep um sort of 50 60 centimeters deep if you can because that'll obviously in the winter keep the water a lot warmer Mm -hmm. and give you all year round water whereas if you only make it six inches deep sometimes it'll get very very cold um and also i suppose the other thing with wildlife ponds is to make sure that the wildlife can get in and out. Mm. So okay. nice open banks, nice sort of easy access for the birds to be able to get up and drink from, and obviously frogs to get in and out and toads to you know, drink in. And yeah. then hopefully you'll have a nice sort of colourful pond. Maybe you know, thinking about colour if you want to put a water lily in. Okay. That's brilliant for giving you surface cover. But be careful because some of the varieties of water lily get enormous i mean just thinking nymphia alba is a white water lily but just grows and grows and grows and will take over a pond sort of meter by meter and a half in a year or two whereas some of the pygmy and the dwarf sort of water lilies will only maybe get sort of 30 centimeters around they'll have half a dozen or so leaves when they're doing well and tiny little flowers they're beautiful little plants Mm. but yeah i think just be a bit careful with water lilies because some of them can mm. take over the pond. And thinking about my own little uh, wildlife pond, Peter, I mean, I've got a lot of duckweed o- over okay. the top now. Um, yep. I mean, it looks quite nice in the in the, in the sun, yep. but uh, should I be thinking about removing some of that? Or um, Yeah, I mean, duckweed is a, obviously a plant that grows well in the, <laughs> in the water. Yep. Um, it does get... If it's just left un- uh, untouched, it will take over the entire surface, which generally means you'll have very, very clear water mm. underneath it. Okay. Um, it's a great sort of place for 
wildlife to live in because the bugs and what have you live in the roots. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd say generally a little bit around the edges is no problem at all. If you want the whole surface covered, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to take it out, obviously just use a fine-ish net. Mm -hmm. That'll pull it out and then just leave the sort of catchings, as it were, on the edge of the pond so that the bugs can get back in the pond because you do tend to pull out a lot of wildlife with the yes. duckweed. Or the other option is sort of f flooding the pond. If you can okay. flood the... Because it's floating, oh, I obviously see. it, yeah. it, it mm -hmm. will follow the water out and get taken away that way. Right. But it's a bit wasteful of water. But if you've got a good water button, yeah. that way you can well. flood it that way. So that's the way I get rid of it. But, yeah, it's a bit of a questionable one, whether it's a great plant to have or not. I, I certainly like it. I know, funny story, my taking the dog out for a walk once um, alongside of a canal. The canal was absolutely full of duckweed. Mm -hmm. Dog didn't really realise it was a <laughs> load of water underneath, ran off, jumped off the edge of the canal straight into the duckweed and splosh. Oh, lovely. Very nice. <laughs> the water went everywhere and you can see the look of shock on his face. It was brilliant. Yes. But yeah, I think that's where it gets to a point where there's possibly too much too duckweed. Much, yeah. Yeah. Well, normally, yeah. I'll do a little bit of clearing. And one final thing on, on it. Uh, is it worth, I noticed that, you know, some of the aquatic um, centres sell sort of snails for ponds. Yeah. How essential do they? Would they normally come in with your, your plants you buy, or is it worth? Honestly, the yeah. In my experience mm. of ponds, um, you'll find that if you're introducing plants, you quite often get eggs on the plants mm -hmm. from the growers and from yep. the aquatic centres. Yeah. Um, so you'll get snails in naturally that way, or maybe birds will bring them in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, aquatic snails are definitely good for the pond and good for wildlife. Um, <laughs> It's like everything with ponds. It's amazing what appears by itself. And yes. you just think, how did that end up there? And Indeed. They well, do. Yeah, well, I got so excited when I saw a frog looking, staring at me the other yeah. week. And I don't know where he or she, yeah, I mean, where they came from. But it's it's so encouraging. And that I know now that I've got some good slug control for the rest <laughs> of my garden, which is most satisfying. Thanks, Great. Peter. Great stuff. And just thinking about relaxing in the garden mm. and um, sitting back and enjoying the fruits of your labour, Chris. So oh, I noticed we've got a new range of pizza ovens in the garden centre now. And I, I did spot them rather nice, very shiny. <laughs> uni, is it? Uni. 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 Yeah, uni. No, uni. It's yeah. a bit of a weird name, but they are. They, they <laughs> look amazing. Very I love. The, I like the fact they've got little chimneys on them. They're, They're great. quite cute, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, I saw we did all the sort of accessories as well, so you can really go to town yes. with the pizza ovens. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I had my first garden pizzas a couple of weeks back now, mm -hmm. and I've got a very fortunate to have a Weber charcoal pizza oven, and mm -hmm. that the temperature you get there. I mean, you, you can cook a pizza in, in my one; it's about five six minutes. Wow! Okay. And it's done. You have to turn it, otherwise it burns. burns. Um, oh, it's very but fun. yeah, I think the trick to pizza ovens is getting them nice and warm. And mm. Joe makes us a lovely fresh dough. So it's very easy to make, and they are, especially when you've got the marjoram and the thyme and the herbs around the edge of the patio. I do. Just being able to pick a few herbs and chuck them onto the top of yeah. the pizza is lovely. I do yeah. like a pizza oven. Yeah. And I think it's, it's worth saying, I mean, this, we're into the wonderful month of June, you know, nice light nights, you know, getting yep. out there, enjoy. It gets a bit chilly, then obviously you can, well, you've got a bit of warmth from your barbecue or for perhaps one of your... Uh, 
patio heaters. That's what, yeah, patio, or, or even something a little bit more refined. One of the uh, the, the artesian, uh, yeah, well, the, the chimneys, chimneys, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's all sorts of different ways of Devices. heating your house. I know, well. and then of course, yeah, just to add a bit of illumination, perhaps spotlights, maybe your plants as well, a bit of uplighting, yeah, and also give you, you know, garden a bit of a bit of extra wow, you know, just make it more of a an adventure because I think gardens can be a real playground in the, at night. Mm. Yeah, they can look really good. Yeah, and certainly. No, I mean, talk about uplighting. I know you go to sort of hotels and they're generally mm. lighting up the mm. trees from the base, and they yeah. can look really nice. And yes. certainly now, solar lights have oh, moved forward so mm. much. Mm. You can do some really good things with solar lights now. Can't you can you? indeed, yes, and you know, from from security angles as well as, as you say, uplighting, or from just some of those nice, you know, sort of fairy lights, just to add a bit of uh, bit of fun to your party. Yep. And what show have we got coming up in a couple of weeks' time? We have we have the the Queen of Herbs on the show next month, right. Peter Jekka McVicker. Wow, she's a bit of a celebrity, isn't she? Just a bit, yes. Obviously, well known in the world of, of, of obviously all the flower shows, um, yep. but also well known in the world of, of, of food because uh, what Jekka doesn't know about herbs really isn't worth knowing. Really, she's yeah. just yeah, yeah, because she's got an amazing range of herbs in her nursery, and I can't wait to interview her and discover a little bit more I about know. that. It's going to be really exciting and of course um, you know, well known in the world of, of the RHS as well as being a judge uh, over the years and a, a real very competent exhibitor as well so it would be wonderful to welcome Jekka to dig it in a couple of weeks time. Brilliant. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.